The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson with you on Hour 2 of the Full Court Press on an in-the-know Wednesday. Man, we've gone through the NBA. We've gone through Major League Baseball. College football, some interesting things going on there with the study that the Athletic put together about stop rates. That'll be an interesting point, I think, on Saturday's showdown between the Aggies and the Cougars. We'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, Also coming up this hour, we'll also discuss uh, this college athletes benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. Utah's own Senator Mitt Romney weighed in again um, outside the lines, so... What are some of his comments, and how does it uh, how does it work? How could there be disparity cause some bigger issues already that exist in the uh, in college athletics? So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But most of this hour is going to be focused on Utah State and BYU. What are the storylines? What could play out on Saturday night on Merlin Olson Field? Uh, Jake Hatch joins me now in the full court press. He is the host of the Locked On Cougars podcast, focusing on BYU. Uh, Jake, thanks for spending some time with me. Let's and letting us know a little bit more about this BYU team, which honestly seems to be a little enigmatic in who's going to be playing and how well they're going to play week to week. Yeah, Eric, thanks so much for having me on. But I think your point there is well taken. It's a matter of yeah, which BYU team is going to show up each week. The team is three and four. That you, if you were to pick three wins for BYU, I don't think you'd pick wins over Tennessee, USC, and Boise State. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, and at the same time, I think Utah State's a little bit enigmatic as well. We don't know on Saturday night what what team for either side is going to really show up. Is it going to be the team that pushed Wake Forest to the brink and should in all should have in all purposes should have won that game, or is it the team that just totally got trucked by the Air Force Falcons and looked embarrassing? Uh, this BYU team, let's focus on them and what you know about them. This, There's been some, oh, well, a lot of injuries to key positions. Quarterback, starting quarterback mm-hmm. is out. We don't know who the starter will be for this week. And there's been injuries to the running back, to the offensive line. But despite all of that, they were able to put together a pretty good game against the Boise State Broncos. As They had the bye week this last week. They're having the practices this week. What's what's the sense of the health of this team and who we might see Saturday night? Well, I'll be honest. Uh, they've been playing pretty close to the vest, as I think most people would expect. Uh, Kwani Satake wasn't asked on Monday during his weekly press conference if he had decided on a starting quarterback. Since he said, we'll see. I, I think that they're going to play coy with it up until game time on Saturday night, especially at the quarterback position. But, I think of the two bye weeks. They've had two bye weeks in the month of October. And coming out of the second bye week, I think it's given BYU and some of the guys who've had some of these, as you would call them, longer-term injuries where they're out more than a week or two to heal up. But with BYU, the only thing they comment on, I think it's the same way as Gary Anderson up there at Utah State, unless it's a season-ending injury, they will not comment on it. So I'm guessing that they should be healthier than they have been. But we won't know exactly who's playing until game time Saturday night. With some of the guys that have come in and filled in for these the starters, it seems like um, there seems to be a lot of talk about that offensive line and how well they've done despite some of the injuries. 
Uh, what what have you seen out of that offensive line and how they how well they protect the quarterback and how well they create opportunities for the run game? Well, yeah, it, it's been actually yeah they've been plug and play for the most part with guys going down for, to injury against Boise State, BYU. They usually keep about an eight man rotation on the offensive line, and four of those guys in the rotation did not play against Boise State, and they plugged in a true freshman right tackle, had a redshirt freshman by uh, left guard. It's kind of been plugging and playing. It's actually worked out for the most part. Uh, very impressed. I, I personally was impressed with what they showed against Boise State, especially with a guy like Curtis Weaver. I think most USU fans are aware of Boise State star pass rusher. Uh, they bottled him up for the most part. Of course, he makes plays because he's a good player. But BYU, the offensive line, did their job. They kept Baylor Romney upright, allowed him to make plays down the field. Uh, Sione Finau, the running back to kind of the star of the show against Boise State. He's like the fourth running back they've played this year in large doses. Had a good day as well. And we'll see what happens Saturday night if any of these offensive linemen that weren't able to go against Boise State are healthy. It obviously would help to get them back because they were in the rotation to begin with for a reason. But I think for the most part, it's been pretty much plug and play. and it's been a, It's been a bright spot for BYU's offense to see that development. Well, the... So one of the things that has been kind of a knock on BYU with the schedule that they typically put together is that it it's aggressive, it's, uh, it's laudable for what they're trying to do, but they don't often have the depth to hang with that, that schedule in its entirety with how they front load their schedule. But what we saw against Boise State was maybe that's not necessarily true. That depth seemed to be okay with how they played against the Broncos. Yeah, if you were taking that one-game sample size, I would absolutely agree in that regard. But they, they lost, obviously, Tyson Williams, the guy they were kind of pinning their hopes on at the running back position against Washington. That was the fourth game of those four Power Five games BYU played to start the year. And BYU got pretty beat up uh, in those first four games, as you would expect. Uh, they, those are Power Five teams. Their twos and threes are much better on average than a team like BYU's is. So I think that... Uh, BYU took their lumps, obviously, losing at Toledo and at USF. But based on the one-game sample size where they bounced back, obviously, against Boise, against Boise State two weeks ago, it shows that the depth, yeah, maybe a little deeper than all of us maybe have looked at and thought of. But we'll see what happens Saturday night and see if that same effort level, I think, comes out against USU. What I have to keep going back to that Boise State game to try to figure out what what we might see this week because I think that Utah State Boise State not totally evenly matched but to some degree they've played each other you know kind of closer in the same conference. Um, mm-hmm. Boise State was dealing with some uh, injury issues and backups as well. But in that game, what really what in your mind really stood out for BYU and how they were able to get that win over a team that they were they were huge underdogs going into that one. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is the week leading up to that Boise State game, two players uh, spoke to the media that week. Uh, one was a defensive lineman, Bracken L. Bakery, and the other, a linebacker, Chaz Ayu. And they both spoke to the media, and they understood that a lot of, they, they essentially acknowledged all of this talk around the program of Kalani Satake's job is in danger. And they essentially intimated that we're, we're playing for this guy. We understand that his job is on the line here. We're going to go play for him. We, we want to show that. We love this coach. He's the right guy for this job. We're going to back it up with our play. And that's what they did, honestly. 
it was a, it was an effort level that we haven't seen from BYU uh, in at least a couple of games. The USF and Toledo losses that was not the same effort level. And I think the biggest thing is you saw a renewed, a focused BYU team against Boise State. The, the the question now is, can they take that same effort level, that energy that they had against Boise State, bottle it up, and bring it again Saturday night up there in Logan? Well, this is also a team that's facing a lot of questions about how it's been a long time since they beat Utah. Utah State has beat them two years in a row. Uh, this is a BYU team that's been kind of painted into a corner that they're not able to compete, at least not well, compete, but not beat, not win in the in-state uh, in-state games. Uh, is there a sense for them that, that there is a, a heightened sense of urgency because of that, or is just hey, it's Utah State, it's just the next game on the schedule? No, I, I think there absolutely is a heightened sense of, hey, we, we, we BYU's stated rivals, they have it on a plaque down there in their student-athlete building where they have their locker room. They have three stated rivals. Those are the University of Utah, Utah State University, and Boise State. Kalani Satake entering the season was 1-8 in his head coaching tenure against those three rivals. This year he's gone 1-1, one one, obviously losing to Utah and then beating Boise State. If he were to beat Utah State this week, that would give him his first winning record against their stated rivals for the first time in his head coaching tenure. So I absolutely think that this team understands the stakes. Uh, they don't want to have a three-game losing streak to Utah State in addition to a nine-game losing streak to Utah. It does not look good at all. BYU fans would be beside themselves with that. So I think that they completely understand that, hey, we, have, we, we need to go out there if at all possible and state claim that, hey, we can win these games. There was a question posed in the press conference this week. I believe it was, gosh, now I can't remember, was it to James Empey or to uh, Diane Guancaloku that if this game means more to Utah State than it does to BYU. Um, and if maybe a few years back you could say it does mean more to Logan uh, than it does to Provo, but in the way that Utah State has been playing for conference championships or trying to compete for conference championships and beating BYU the last two years, uh, I think the sense around town here is that it doesn't mean as much as perhaps it used to. I don't. What's the sense in Provo about the importance of this game and where it stands on the ladder compared to other games on the schedule? Well, I, I'm with you in kind of your assessment. Maybe a couple of years ago, that yeah, maybe meant more to Utah State fans and BYU and beating up on them with regularity. But the fact of the matter is, BYU has lost three out of the last five, and obviously the last two in a row to Utah State. So any BYU fan or player that still thinks that they're the so-called big brother in this rivalry, probably needs to reassess and look and say, you know what, we're, we're on an equal playing field with Utah State as it stands right now, and we need to go out there and reassert ourselves. If we want to become big brother, well, we better start winning this game. I, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, and uh, we had Brian Keel on the radio show I work on last week, and he said essentially the same thing. He said, when I played at BYU, we were the big brother against Utah State. Right now, Utah State is right on par with us. And he essentially said, if BYU wants to get back to being the so-called big brother in this rivalry, there's one way to do it, win the game. Again, we're talking to Jay Catch. He uh, is the uh, host of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Now, we've been talking a lot about the offense and just kind of this game in general, but we haven't talked too much about defense. This is a team, whether Kalani Sataki always has some players that are really aggressive 
uh, and uh, great talented players. There seems to always be some real strength in the linebacker core and some mm-hmm. key individuals on the defensive line. What does that defensive unit for that front seven look like this year for BYU? Um, the defensive line has been better than the linebackers so far this season, but the linebacking core, by and large, is actually coming along quite nicely. The headliner for BYU in the front seven is Kyrus Tonga, nose tackle, defensive tackle. Uh, he's everything that you would dream a defensive tackle to be, six foot four, three hundred and twenty pounds, and he's a very good player. It, it, it remains to be seen if the linebacking core can continue to be as solid as they were in the wins that they've had. So against Boise State, against Tennessee, against USC, these linebackers have been able to fill the gaps, make tackles in the run game, but they've also uh, collected the vast majority of BYU's interceptions this season. I think only the defensive backs for BYU, if I'm not mistaken, only have one, maybe two interceptions on the season, whereas BYU's linebackers have six, seven, or eight. I don't know the exact number. I probably should have done my research on that before I told you that. But the thing is, the, the front seven for BYU is a pretty young unit overall, but they've been coming along so far. We'll see if they're able to hold up once again, because they held up against Boise State, obviously. You win that game, you, you take the win, and you run away with it. Now it's a matter of, okay, can you do that a second time when you face off against Utah State? The teams have been able to run the ball on BYU. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, to varying degrees, but some that seems to be, uh, at least certainly in the losses, uh, teams have been able to run the ball really well uh, against BYU. Utah State's run game has been had its moments where they looked okay, and other moments where boy, you can't you can't get anything going. Um, with that, uh, the, the time off and the focus on the run defense, or just try to stop the run, is that something that could be a strength for the BYU defense, or is it kind of a hit and miss? We don't know what we're going to see. I would call it hit or miss. Um, against Boise State, it was a hit. Uh, by and large, BYU still struggles with some of the better rushing teams against them. Uh, I watch a fair amount of Utah State, obviously, and I'm with you. I think Utah State's a little hit or miss with their run game. But BYU, for a one-game sample size against Boise State, I think they passed the test uh, rushing, rush defense-wise. I'm just interested to see if they continue to develop or if this is going to be a season-long issue. It's been an issue so far in seven games. Even in the wins when BYU has won the games that they've won, they've had issues with opposing rush attacks. So it's a matter of these young linebackers. BYU, I think, only has one uh, upperclassman in the linebacking core that is a rotation player. I'm standing in that top six, seven, or eight guys of that linebacking core. It's a very young unit overall. They've taken their lumps. It's a matter of, okay, have they grown up enough here to go head-to-head with Gary Anderson's squad, who obviously Gary loves to run the ball. Uh, and then how well are they at getting after the opposing quarterback? Jordan Love has had some games yeah. where he's had great protection, uh, and uh, that offensive line has done a nice job giving him time and space. There's been a, against Air Force, they really struggled against that. Uh, what uh, What is that, I guess, the defensive pressure getting after the opposing quarterback? How often are they really bringing extra pressure to uh, frustrate or, or disrupt what the quarterback wants to do? Well, we saw them against Boise State bring a lot more pressure than they had in any other game so far this year, but that's only one game. BYU, through seven games this season, has a grand total of seven sacks on the year. I think you can do the math. One sack a game. They have not made a lot of plays in the backfield so far this year. 
Uh, it's been a, a bone of contention for BYU fans. I think the, the coaching staff at BYU understands they need to get after the quarterback. The, the, the fact of the matter is, I have not seen a player in BYU's front seven who's been able to get after the quarterback with regularity. Last year, you had guys like Sione Takitaki and Corbin Kafusi who were able to do it. Well, both of them are now in the NFL. So uh, BYU's still searching for that pass rusher that can get after the quarterback. We saw them bring a lot more pressure, four, five, six-man blitzes against Boise State. I would expect you probably see that a little bit more against Utah State as well. But the matter of the fact is they got to be able to get home and get after Jordan Love, and we'll see if they're able to do it. But the, the, the stats right now are not kind to BYU pass rush-wise. And then how about pass defense? Uh, the Jordan Love is uh, known to throw the ball around, although his numbers have been slumping. But uh, that uh, BYU secondary and uh, trying to get after or being opportunistic and in, uh, in some takeaways because Jordan Love's been prone to throw some interceptions this year. Yeah, I, I think BYU secondary by and large has passed the test to a large degree so far this year. Uh, they've been very much in the mode of uh, baiting quarterbacks into making mistakes and then pouncing on that with interceptions, etc. Uh, BYU always will struggle to recruit high-level defensive backs. It's just part of the how their program goes about things. But if I were to pick a thing that was was their strength on defense, it is their pass defense. The ability to cover opposing receivers, get interceptions and the like, I think that is the one strength BYU has this year. But they've proven that in games like Washington, Jacob Eason, who's one of the better quarterbacks BYU has faced, I think Jordan Love might be the best quarterback BYU faces this year. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, If a good quarterback can find guys open and hit them in stride, BYU's proven they can get carved up a little bit that way. And then uh, I guess just some final thoughts from you, how you see this game playing out on Saturday night. Utah State, uh, well, I guess from the BYU perspective, let me ask it this way. After watching what happened to Utah State against Air Force, does that give BYU like the the bigger eyes that, oh my gosh, we're going to have some success against these guys? Or uh, what's the, the sense about what might happen on Saturday night and how you think it might play out? Well, I think that uh, BYU obviously has had an extra week to prepare for this game. They've obviously watched all the film of Utah State. Uh, Kalani Satake referenced the, U- the Air Force loss during his press conference on Monday. and I, I, One of us asked the question, I asked it myself, and we asked him, what can you take away from Air Force that can help you guys? Because Air Force is such a unique offense. Everybody understands that. They run that flex bone option, and he said that we can we can look more at uh, in terms of where guys can fit in terms of attacking the opposing offense. Speaking of Utah State, whereas he doesn't think that the, necessarily the scheme itself is going to help BYU in that regard. I think this game on Saturday is going to be really tight. I'm expecting to go, to go down to the wire. These are two programs they're looking for a win. Uh, obviously, BYU wants to get back to 500. Uh, there's some sense that if they do beat Utah State on Saturday, they can reel off three, four, five wins in a row, maybe kind of reinvigorate a season and get to maybe seven or eight wins before the regular season concludes. But conversely, as you guys know, Utah State, they're trying to avoid falling to 500 here. So I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking I'm going to give them the home field advantage to Utah State. I think that's proven to be pretty big for the Aggies in the recent history of this series. But I think it's going to be a tight one regardless. Uh, I think it will be tight. I think both teams are very hungry. Uh, Utah State 
uh, the way that they've been acting in practice. They look like it's a, a wounded animal that's been backed into a corner and wants to get out of there. Uh, and it's a, it is a rivalry game, so it uh, adds a little extra mustard to whatever happens in the game. Uh, well, I guess that actually reminds me of another question I had for you before I let you go. Uh, penalty wise, how clean does Utah State, or excuse me, how does uh, clean does BYU play? Um, are they Utah State, even though they got killed by Air Force, really didn't have any penalties. They've been pretty penalty free. Uh, it hasn't hurt them too badly in some of their drives and how they've uh, played the games. How about BYU? Have they been pretty disciplined, or has that been a bit of a problem? It's been back and forth all year long. And, and some of the games that they've won, they've had a lot of penalties. Other games that they've won, they've been relatively clean. So it's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde situation. And Kalani Satake has been very um, quick to point out that he wants his guys to avoid self-inflicted wounds, speaking of the penalties like false starts, uh, face masks, that type of stuff. So... Uh, it's, it's similar to what we opened up this interview talking about. You're not quite sure what you're going to get from BYU, and I think that sticks with it with regards to penalties and the like. Well, Jake, I think it'll be a fun game to see how it plays out. So who knows get, who gets the better one of this one with two teams that are kind of hard for a lot of us to figure out. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But I appreciate your perspective. And uh, for folks who want to follow what's going on with BYU, go check out Jake's uh, podcast, Locked on Cougars. Thanks so much, Jake. Appreciate your help tonight. No problem, Eric. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, once again, Utah State BYU kicks off at 8 o'clock on Merlin Olson Field. It will be on ESPN. Coming up, some more thoughts from the players and the coaches. Hear from them and uh, hear from some of the players that I got to talk. I got a chance to talk to, catch up with yesterday at practice. All that's coming up next right here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. That's a lot of stuff on us uh, when we're doing good, obviously, and then a lot when we're doing not so good, and that's where we're at right now. Um, so the way we handle it is just we got to get better, um, whether that's getting better during the week of practice or what. We just got to find a way to just be better than what we were Saturday. So, Welcome back to the Full Court Press. That was Jordan Love on how he is handling the critics, and he says just play better. Start winning games, start making plays. Well, that goes away. Sometimes easier said than done. But a big matchup this uh, Saturday against the BYU Cougars. And, uh, once again, appreciate Jake Hatch for joining me, the Locked on Cougars podcast. He hosts that uh, all about BYU. He's at the press conferences. He's following what's going on. So uh, good perspective uh, from Jake. During the break, talking to him, uh, and a question I should have asked during our segment uh, about the quarterback situation at BYU, they're keeping it very quiet as to who might the who might play quarterback this Saturday night. Um, and it, the, could it be Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall? And they are different styles of quarterback. So if you know which one it's going to be, it totally changes how you may approach things defensively. Um, and uh, Baylor Romney is more of a drop back passer. Jaron Hall has that RPO, uh, the run-pass option. Uh, he can run it. He can pass the ball. Uh, but uh, Kalani Sataki talked a little bit about the injuries to his quarterbacks. 
looking promising for us. I mean, with Jaron, I think Jaron will be okay to play this week. We'll see. And then, um, you know, Zach's progressing really well and doubt for this for this game, but we'll see how he, it's a day-to-day for th- thing for him. And then once he gets uh, able to throw the ball, we, we'll kind of have to wait and see how he progresses. But he's uh, ahead of schedule when it comes to his, his uh, injury. So that will be the really interesting storyline of this as well is who will be that quarterback for BYU because they're not they're not allowing the quarterbacks to be interviewed this week either. Uh, so they're keeping the practice uh, reps uh, um, concealed and uh, who's practicing with what units and not even making the quarterbacks available for interviews during the week. Um, so that will if you have a passing quarterback. That could change how you approach things defensively. If you have one that can use his feet, you have to use a different strategy as well. Um, now talking about this uh, this team, uh, this uh, this BYU team, um, and uh, the the matchups between the Cougars and the Aggies over the last few years, the Aggies have had their number. They've beat them the last two years. They've won three out of the last five, and it's certainly the series has shifted in Utah State's favor. And as uh, Jake Hatch talked about, they know it's a rivalry game. They talk about it as a rivalry game. And uh, MP, offensive lineman for BYU, also admits and talks about how it's a rivalry game for BYU. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fun rivalry game, and um, and uh, people get excited about it, and it's it's a good time. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's just another football game that you got to prepare for and come out and play well to, to be able to win. Uh, Dali Guanwaloku, somebody asked him, is this game mean more for Utah State than it does for BYU? Uh, Jay Catch uh, agreed with me that it, uh, maybe five, ten years ago we could have said that, uh, that it mean, this game means more for Utah State than it does for BYU. But uh, the way the tables have turned, um, certainly Utah State has been more in the running for conference championships, and that's what's most important to them. But it's still a rivalry game. And uh, for Guanwaloku, he thinks all games, all in-state games are important. The state games are always competitive, and we consider every state game important. And I'll, I don't know, Utah or Utah State, it doesn't matter. They're all the same, and we're going to play them to the best of our abilities. He also called it a rivalry game. I don't know what they say, but it means every game means a lot to us. It doesn't matter who's playing, USC, Utah State, Utah, don't matter. It means a lot to us, and we're coming into the game ready to win, and I know it's a rivalry. We got the wagon wheel that we hope to get back this uh, this weekend. But every game is important to us, especially this one too. Uh, it is a rivalry game. Uh, BYU for years didn't want to call it that, but it has become that uh, for sure. As it's become uh, not uh, totally one sided, it is more competitive. It's back and forth. It's certainly been more in USU's favor. It's uh, three of the last five contests. Um, but this is a challenge for Utah State. This will be a challenge. This is a team that um, that can be a little bit up and down. Uh, for, you could say that for either team. Gary Anderson is very aware of uh, what they've gone through and what he's trying to get things going for his team. Um, but uh, as we talked about in the segment prior, this BYU team has allowed teams to run the ball on them and uh, Gary Anderson is, is aware that that BYU rushing defense has been struggling, but at times has done enough. 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's pieces to that. You know, it's the game, it's the structure, and some teams have, have had the ability to be able to throw the ball around on it. And when you can successfully throw the ball, it opens up the run game a little bit at times. Um, I think they've played some good offensive lines that have allowed to be able to get some creases in there. And um, you know, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't watch the tape and look at the tape and glaringly say, "Oh my goodness, these guys can't stop the run." I don't see that. I think they, you know, they pick their spots, and a lot of times on those longer yard situations, you know, teams may be checking to the run to, uh, you know, try to get the first down and an odd on the on the drop eight stuff. But uh, you know, they're tackling you for six yards, and on the stats, it goes for six yards, but it's it's still third and six and or fourth and six, and they're punting the football. So you know, those situations arise, and that's that's to me, that's playing smart defense. But they're. They're stout. It'll be a great challenge for us to be able to run the football, and you know it's something that we want to be able to do, and something, quite frankly, we need to get better at as we move through it. But we've got to identify again ourselves and who are we, what do we do best, and how are we going to attack that, um, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the rivalry game, or regardless of what's there. It's, it's Aggies first, and if we can do that, then I think we'll have a great opportunity to have some success. And then more broadly, he shared his thoughts about the BYU defense uh, and some of the, the key pieces that that his offense will have to be aware of to try to counter and try to attack. We haven't mentioned their defense, and you're not probably looking at them as much because you're a defensive coach. I'm, I'm actually working a lot now, spending more, not working. I'm okay. trying to spend um, time with everybody. Yes, my emphasis has definitely been just pushing towards making sure I do more head coaching okay. things, I would say at times. And that's I've always done that in my career. Sometimes I'm in with the positions. Sometimes I hear I go where I'm needed. But I feel like, I feel like it's real important for me now to be – you know, um, in different position rooms and just kind of show a presence. Not that I have the answers, not that I'm walking into, you know, the running back room saying, here's what's going to make you good. Um, but it's, uh, I am more uh, watching more of the defense and offense and special teams as I kind of, as we move through the, you know, the uh, latter part of the season. But defensively, um, you know, what you would expect, physical, um, strong, experienced, mature group of kids um, handle what they're told to do very, very well. I think they work 11 strong as far as you know, working within their zone structures and their zone drops, uh, their run fits, you know, very disciplined in those spots, similar to what you see out of a, an Air Force disciplined defense. There's just not a lot of mistakes, um, which is what you, you know, what you would expect and what you like to see if you're a defensive coordinator. I'm sure that's what Elijah likes to see is uh, you know, part of their brand. And, you know, they play hard, so they have good players. And he mixes it up well. You know, he'll, he'll throw in those blitzes in there. They'll drop eight in coverage, um, which if you're going to beat BYU, and we've talked about it many times, you have to beat drop eight. And they're going to drop eight. Uh, my bet is they'll drop eight. If we play 70 snaps in the game, um, they're going to drop eight, you know, um, I don't know, 20 times probably, and you're going to have to beat it. And if you can't beat it, you have a problem. So if we play 30-some-odd snaps in the game, then uh, they'll do it 10 times like we played last week. So hopefully it doesn't take place. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's all hope it doesn't take place. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting philosophy from Gary Anderson. Uh, these two coaches know each other very well. This is the first time they'll be squaring off against each other um, as head coaches. They've been on the same staff from many different times in different places. Southern Utah at BYU, or excuse me, at University of Utah, not at BYU, at University of Utah at Oregon State. Uh, but the first time that these uh, head coaches will be squaring off against each other as head coaches. Um, and a lot of familiarity on both sides, as we talked about earlier. Uh, coming up next, one of the key things for Utah State is how well can they do offensively? How well can they sustain drives and get into the end zone? And uh, I got a chance to catch up with two Utah State offensive players, Carson Terrell and Ty Shaw, to get their thoughts about 
how this team's trying to get back on track and what they might be able to do against the Cougars this weekend. All that's coming up right next here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. No, they, st- they still put up a lot of points this year, and it's like we, we know that for sure, and we'll have a way to stop it. That's the plan, and um, it's just they run that hurry-up offense in the field. I feel like the reason they put up a lot of points is because teams get tired, and, I'm, and I feel like we're conditioned enough to stay on the field and keep playing. Well, that will be one of the keys. Can that Utah State hurry-up offense be successful to get points and to catch BYU off guard? And to get into the end zone, not just field goals, but touchdowns. Carson Terrell's a tight end for Utah State. Um, he's had some uh, nice moments for USU as he continues to progress in the program at the tight end position. And I got a chance to catch up with him yesterday after practice. Talk about what may have happened last week at uh, against Air Force and what's going on with this offense, but also uh, what's in store for this game Saturday against BYU. Talking to Carson Terrell, tight end for Utah State, and Saturday, last Saturday, Air Force was rough. You got BYU coming in; it's a rivalry game. I imagine it's pretty a pretty spirited week of practices for you guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's uh, no lack of motivation for sure, um, especially with last week. I mean, to be blunt, we got our asses kicked, so and then the rivalry game, so yeah, we got plenty of motivation. So, what? Um, is there is a different focus this week on what you guys are trying to work on? Or was last week just a fluke? Or how are things going? Are they going differently for the offense? Um, I, I mean, I would like to say that we always practice hard, but um, I think more of the focus this week has been more physical. Um, just asking more from the scout team to give us more physical looks, to go harder, uh, more good on good, so we can go against our defense. Um, I mean, yeah, just, we just kind of just changed up the the practice structure so we could get more uh, more physical looks and play more live football. So uh, this rivalry game is BYU. Utah State's had their number a little bit last little while, but certainly there's a lot of history between these two schools. You're familiar with it, being an in-state guy, being a Utah County guy. What is this rivalry? What has your experience been with it? Um. I mean, yeah, growing up, I always hated BYU, um, even though I'm from Utah County. Uh, my parents are more of Utah fans, but um, I mean, the the emotions have kind of grown since I've been in, even in college, just playing against them. And, I mean, Utah State, we, we always feel like the disrespect from BYU, so we're always looking for blood when we go out and play those guys, so uh, yeah. <laughs> you try to keep it safe. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's probably some guys that you were either on your team in high school or you you lined up against when you were in high school that play for them. So do you know some guys that are on that squad? Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. So I had one play for me at my high school down Holker, but he's on a mission now. And then I know a couple of the dudes, uh, Lorenzo, um. Chaz Ayu. So, yeah, I know a couple of dudes that are over there. I mean, I didn't really know them on a personal level. But, I mean, being from the same state, we kind of – I mean, and we're in the same recruiting class, so we, we all had our eyes on each other and kind of following each other. So, 
the uh, for you guys for as an offensive unit, it seems like the offense has been kind of struggling in the last little while. What do you see as some things to kind of help get things going a little bit better with getting that mojo back? Um, I mean, that's a tough question. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could look at to improve, but um, like I said, it just it just starts with practice. Um, just being more physical, so when we get to the games, the games are easy. So that's that's what I would say the biggest thing is. All right, Carson Terrell, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, interesting comments near the end there from Carson Terrell about what's going on in the offense. And uh, there's a lot of things you could talk about there, but he didn't want to get into the details. So hopefully what's going on this week, those are things getting corrected um, and going the the uh, good on goods, try to be more physical. That was a common phrase that I heard um, into, not just in the conversations that I was having, but I was overhearing that from the other interviews that were going on, on uh, after practice. Um, so the other side of that, too, is the offensive line for Utah State creating opportunities in the run game and to trying to get things rolling for the Utah State offense. I got a chance to talk to Ty Shaw, offensive lineman for the Aggies, about that as well. How have practice has been... So far, I know it's early in the week, but how are things going so far for that uh, for this team getting ready for a big rivalry game this Saturday? You know, I think we came out with a completely different mindset this week. I mean, the last couple weeks we uh, haven't really had uh, as physical practices, and we've had a lot slower like tempo. And I think this week we're really stepping it up. You know, I mean, after this last loss, I mean, we all we want better for ourselves, and we know what we have to do to get better. So. Coming out these practices, want to be more physical and execute a lot better. Definitely seemed spirited at the end there when I showed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, our team, I mean, these practices being more physical, I mean, we're more competitive. So, I mean, competing like that, we all, I mean, we get excited. So, it's fun. This is a relatively new offensive line compared to last year. And you guys have come together pretty nicely. Um, where do you think you guys are at and where do you still need to go? I mean, yeah, I mean, so far the last two practices this week, uh, I think we've stepped up physically, which I think that was a big thing we were lacking the last couple of weeks on the O-line. Um, so far, I think we still need to execute a little better on some of our plays, but overall I think this week we've stepped up quite a bit. Uh, this game coming up this weekend, it's a rivalry game. It's outside of conference, but it's still a big game for a lot of people around here. Where does it stand, like, in your mind? How familiar are you with uh, with that rivalry? I mean, since I was little, I've always disliked BYU. So, I mean, I grew up in Salt Lake and right next to the U and Utah State. The U and uh, BYU were always those three teams out in Utah that were pretty big. So, I mean, I've always never really liked BYU. But, so, yeah. Uh, do you have uh, do you have people on that other side that you know that you you played with or played against in high school? Yeah, so Blake Freeland and uh, Harris Lachance are both playing over there. I played with them in high school. Uh, Blake was our quarterback for a little bit, and then uh, now he's playing tackle. So he just had his first start. So hopefully, we get to play against him. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a blast. Uh, the, you guys have had some success. Utah State's had some success against them, but 
Um, they are kind of a different team this year. They've beaten top 25 teams, but then they've lost to teams that are kind of mediocre. What do you guys expect to see coming up on Friday or Saturday night from BYU? I mean, it's a rivalry game, so we're always expecting their best. I mean, nothing other than the best from them. And just want to perform our best, too, and do what we can and come out with a W. So, I mean, other than that. All right, Ty Shaw, thank you so much. Cool, thank you. Yeah, common refrains here from both Carson Terrell and Ty Shaw. Both of them really dislike BYU and have for a very long time. I thought that was interesting. Both of them know guys on the other team. Uh, Ty seems to know them a little bit closer, more familiar with them than maybe Carson does. Um, And both have said how physical practices have been this week. It's been a big stress, a big key uh, that Utah State needs to be more physical and more aggressive. Uh, You'd uh, you just have to be, I guess, cautious that it doesn't cost you and you have uh, get yourself into penalty situations that kill drives or give extra yards to the opponent. But I like the attitude and the feel that I had when I was there yesterday. Um, it's coming and emanating from the players. Uh, we'll hear more from them. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Tipa Naliai, what he had to say, uh, and more from Jordan Love as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press on an In the Know Wednesday on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Yeah, it was fun. Real real fun last year, you know. Um, being able to go down there and uh, uh, win at their home stadium. So it was, it was good, but uh, I mean... Yeah, obviously, we're both different teams this year, so um, we just got to focus on what they've been doing this year and uh, ways to attack that. And just, um, you know, defense is going to go out there and perform this week, and uh, we just got to go out there and do our part. That's Jordan Love talking about the game last year against BYU. Uh, Jordan is certainly trying to uh, find himself, find his rhythm, and uh, get a little bit better. It's what he's been uh, trying to do. He's been in a little bit of a slump. Uh, he does. Uh, Need to continue to improve and get um, gain, regain some confidence, regain some rhythm. Uh, somebody else who can play a big role in this game Saturday is Tipa Naliai. He's a guy that uh, good defensive lineman can wreak havoc to opposing teams, and uh, says that uh, he's had a chance to kind of evaluate himself a little bit. And this team is trying to bounce back after that uh, rough loss. It's it's very tough, you know, losing. You know, nobody likes losing, but. Nothing is better than coming back that next week, having a chip on your shoulder, and uh, just getting ready to go back at it and get back at it, you know. And it's, it brings another uh, sense of motivation for us to to know that we can do better. Because uh, last week was something that we uh, never expected, never thought we would be in a position like that before. So. Uh, yeah, a rough loss for the Aggies and uh, trying to get better, trying to uh, uh, address some of the issues that they've had and uh, get some rhythm offensively, continue to uh, press and to create havoc defensively. Gary Anderson shared his thoughts about what he thinks this team needs to do to get better. Things this team needs to do better simply is uh, offensively we need to execute and uh as a whole, we need to execute, and we all need to look again at each other and understand that uh, you know there's 11 guys on that football field that need to produce 
to allow um, the tenth guy. I guess there's ten guys out there, and to allow the eleventh guy to be able to be successful. Which in this case, I'm speaking about obviously the quarterback uh, to be successful. And it's, it's not taking place as a whole, and that includes everybody that's out there. That includes every coach. Um, I'll do I can. I'll do all I can to help them. But offensively, that's number one. We just we have to be able to uh, functionally have an offense that gives us an opportunity to win games against. Um, you know, good defenses. Now we've found a way to win some of those games in conference. Obviously, we're three and one. We've done some good things, and we've found a way to win those games. But we need to obviously have more offense uh, defensively. We need to be stout in the trenches, like we have been, all except for last week. We were not last week, and uh, you know, we got uh, we got out physical on both both sides of the line of scrimmage last week, hands down. And um, that is not where we want to live, and there is no excuses. Um, but we've done a good job, I believe, in the other games, even really in the LSU game, which you know, I don't think we got pushed around and just dominated in that game up front. Um, so we need to be prepared to play against a stout, physical offensive line and defensive line, do a good job up front. Um, and on defense, we need to get off the field and on critical third downs, whether it's uh, short, medium, or long yardage situations, and, and play solid, good team defense. I think if we can do that, then we have an opportunity to compete on that side of the ball the way we should. Um, and then, like I stated, on offense, uh, where we need to go, and special teams needs to change the game in our favor. And that's going to be the same in these next five. You know, we're we're going to play some very meaningful games in these next five games that we're going uh, walking ourselves into right now. And uh, that's uh, a lot of teams are playing meaningful games right now. Uh, yeah, interesting comments uh, from Gary Anderson about what this team needs to address uh, to get better at. Uh, the one other thing from uh, the other side of the coin, that the other side of the field, will be BYU Cougars led by Kalani Satake. And he shared his, some of his thoughts about what he sees in Utah State, what he might see this Saturday in Logan. I think the last game was a little difficult to watch because I think the elements uh, disrupted a lot of the throwing that Jordan Love can do, you know. So, um, and I think Air Force took him out of the game by just possessing the ball and, um, you know, I thought that was a good game plan for what Air Force had to do. But for us, it's a, it's a different beast. They're at home. Um, they they play really well at home, and they they're capable of putting up a lot of points. And so uh, defensively, we have to be on on top of everything. I'm glad we got a week to prepare for them, and um, you know, we got another game game week of film. So uh, we're going to utilize all that and try to be ready to get you know perform really well up in Logan. And looking forward to the game. One of the other interesting storylines here is that uh, you got players that know each other, right, who played against each other or with each other in high school, maybe some at the junior college level. Uh, there are a few transfers. You know, Riley Burt left BYU, and you know, he's on the Utah State roster. He's running back from Box Elder County from Attaway. Uh, but uh, there's also an interesting storyline going on here. Gary Anderson recruited uh, Austin Kafensis to go to Wisconsin. Didn't end up working out. There were some weird things that happened there. He ended up at BYU, and he was asked this week about that relationship that he has with Gary and about being recruited to to go play for Gary when he was in Wisconsin. Um, no, I mean I'll probably I haven't talked to him. You know I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. It feels like, uh, but I'll probably go say hi to him after the fe- after the game and you know ask him how he's doing and everything. But. I mean, I have a new coach, and that's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And, you know, a lot of things went down a couple of years ago, but, you know, that's college football. That's life. Things happen. You know, you just got to be able to react and grow and learn from them. So 
there's no not much animosity between us. It's just like, hey, and I'll still wave and say what up to him, but I'm not gonna like go give him a hug or anything, you know. But he's, he's at the end of the day, he's we're playing them next this week, so. There's so much content to get through, we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, so we'll have more from the coaches and the players. We'll continue to break this matchup down tomorrow and on Friday. Uh, we will have a shortened show on Friday because of uh, high school football, which kicks off at 5, so pregame will be at 4.45 on a Friday afternoon. But um, there's still more to get into about these two teams and uh, what's on the line and what's, what's happening here between the two of them. Uh, so we'll continue to get into it. Uh, more from Gary Anderson, more from uh, Jordan Love, more from Tipa Nalii that we haven't heard yet, uh, and just from some more of those BYU players as well. And uh, the, I think the big thing here is who's going to be the quarterback for BYU. Um, if it's a run-pass option guy, Jaron Hall, that may be one approach defensively. If it's a drop-back passer like Baylor Romney, that's a little bit different situation. And how much does uh, what happened – against Air Force still linger over the Utah State Aggies and uh, create problems for them and shaking their confidence coming into this game? Or do they use that as motivation and as fuel in this rivalry game against the BYU team that they've had the better of three of the last five contests? So big matchup this week, even though it is out of conference. Uh, the game Saturday, last Saturday against Air Force, honestly more meaningful than this one coming up on Saturday but uh, certainly still means a lot to a lot of people. So we'll see what happens. We'll have uh, on our sister station, KVNU, their game day coverage will start at 6. Kickoff will be at 8 on ESPN. And as soon as it's done, come back over onto KVNU for the postgame comments as well. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.